This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. What is up? And welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm excited that you're here tuning in. I know that it's a long holiday weekend for a lot of you guys. So I appreciate those of you who have taken the time to tune in today. I actually wasn't sure if I was going to publish an episode, but kind of decided last minute that I had some updates, kind of had some housekeeping type things that I wanted to tell you about. And I thought today would be a great day for my podcasting Q&A as well. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm over at a journey east underscore, or if you're in my Facebook group, it's called Money Making Micro Influencer. Those things are always linked in the show notes, by the way. But if you follow me in either one of those places, I uh, posted earlier this week that I was going to be doing a podcasting Q&A, just a questions and answers episode all about podcasting. So season two of this podcast, it's crazy to say, but it's actually coming to an end. Uh, The last episode should be next Friday, actually, but there will actually be two episodes in between today and then if all goes according to plan. So I guess this is the first piece of housekeeping, uh, just stuff that I wanted to talk about with you guys. Uh, Number one is just that there will be a special edition of the podcast next Wednesday, November 28th. So please make sure to tune in either to the podcast or to my YouTube channel, which you can find at ajourneyeast.tv. Uh, I will be kind of formally announcing my first workshop, which I'm super excited about. My friend Ryan and I have been working really hard at putting together a workshop all about personal branding. I'm not going to go too in-depth in this podcast because you'll have to wait for all the details next week. Um, But yeah, we're really excited to share it with you. And not only are we talking about the workshop, but we're also doing a really fun episode about doing business with friends. Ryan is one of my close friends and he's also become a partner in business for me and that's been something new and different for me. So we had a really good chat. Uh, We talked for a long time about kind of some of the nuances that come along with doing business with somebody who you consider a close friend. So make sure to tune in for that. I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. And then, uh, yeah, the final episode of the season will be um, next Friday. So we'll talk more then. I will not be gone for long. I know the breaks between season one and two were really long, and I do not plan for that to happen again. But I do definitely want to take a break for December just to get prepared for my workshop and just to kind of get my life in order. Is anyone else with me? All right. Announcement number two. As a lot of you know, today is the holiday, I guess, or the day called Black Friday. As a lot of you guys know, Saturday is Small Business Saturday and Monday is Cyber Monday. So instead of, you know, dealing with all these different holidays and all the different criticisms of each of those holidays or whatever, I just called my sale. It's pretty much an annual sale at this point my autumn sale. I love autumn, so why not use this time to celebrate autumn, right? So if you go to ajourneyeast.com slash sale, it will also be linked in the show notes, of course. You can see everything that I have up for sale right now. I have really amazing deals going on. So both of my courses, including my newly relaunched signature course, A Journey Social, they are 50% off with the code Sci, uh, wait, what is it? Hold on. Black Friday 18. They're listed on that page. Um, 
But just to clarify, Black Friday 18 will get you 50% off the courses. So for example, the Adjourney Social course, Signature course, just relaunched, brand new material. I've heard nothing but great things from my students. This course is all about starting a social media management business of your own and learning to take clients on your own. I go over everything from client workflow to um, content planning and content strategy, developing smart social goals, and so, so much more. You can actually grab that course. It'll be a little under $28 with this code, which is a steal. Um, and then I also have Money Making Micro Influencer for half off. You can get this course for only $14 right now, which is also a steal. In this course, you know, I go over everything from creating opt-ins and like landing page opt-ins and freebies for your audience. I talk about you know building websites for yourselves, reaching out to brands, writing emails, perfecting your pitch, and so much more. A lot of people think that money making micro influencer is just for you know your traditional beauty guru or makeup blogger or fashion blogger, and those people are definitely uh, you know welcome to take the course. It's fabulous for those people, but it's also great for small business owners and freelancers and YouTubers and um, people who are looking to build their thought leadership from a business perspective online. Uh, really, we are all. <laughs> You know, I hate the term sometimes, but we all influence in our own way. And so it's not just for your traditional bloggers and things like that. So anyway, oh, lastly, I also have my Internet Kid merchandise, which unfortunately I can't discount it 50% off because I do um, host my merchandise through a third party vendor. And whenever you're working with vendors like the, the margins just get so much tougher to discount, unfortunately. So I am giving 18% off all of my merch on um, my Internet Kid merch as well. So the code is linked at adjourneyeast.com slash sale. I actually just launched some new merchandise, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I wear my Internet Kid hoodie all the time, and I, I just uh, dropped some new hoodies, some new sweatshirts, a couple new mugs, and I think everything is really, really cute. So I'd love to see some more of you guys rocking that stuff. Anyway. With that said, let's hop into the podcasting Q&A. All the links that I just talked about will be linked in the show notes, and let's answer some questions. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Okay, so first question that I just have to address, this came through my Instagram stories, is not really a question. This person just said, no question, just patiently waiting on the workshop. So thank you so much. Make sure to tune in on 11.28 for more details on that. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, the rest of the questions um, kind of are all, they all sort of follow like three different topics. So first question here is how do you do it and what equipment do you use? And then I also have a question um, from my Facebook group that says, what equipment do you use to podcast and can you run down the prices of the equipment? So let's do that kind of all in one question. Um, So 
short answer is I had all of my equipment for the most part. And I just want to preface this by saying that I am not a super advanced podcaster. I would say I'm pretty like elementary. Um, I really don't know a lot about podcasting. I do things very DIY. I wish that I could show you guys. I, I guess I could take a picture of this right now. I have a scarf covering my microphone right now to kind of diffuse some of the echoey sounds since I'm still in my new place and like we still don't have a ton of furniture in our place and all that and I'm recording at night yada 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 so anyway I do a lot of DIY weird stuff like that like recording in my closet and um diffusing sound bouncing sound whatever so just want to preface that like I'm not a genius podcaster or anything like that um, so what I use and what I started using was just the blue snowball microphone. A lot of people have this microphone. It is a very, very like 101 level microphone. It is a, I think that the sound quality is pretty good, but I'm sure to like a true audio feel, I file, I can never say that word. Somebody who's really into audio, they probably would not think that this is like amazing sound quality. So it's, it's a USB microphone. It just plugs right into your computer. And um, that's really all there is to it. I, you just kind of plug it in and you can record with a bunch of different softwares. So sometimes people are going to laugh at me like fellow podcasters. I honestly would record into Final Cut Pro and edit. Like I would just do a voiceover and then edit it right in Final Cut Pro. Um, I have been recently recording straight into QuickTime. I do have, what are the other editing apps? Why can I not think? I know there's GarageBand and then there's one other one. I, for the life of me, can't remember what it's called, but it's like free. A lot of people use that. Is it Audacity, I think. Um, I have that one too. And honestly, it was really confusing for me because I come from the video editing world. It was easier for me to just edit in Final Cut just without the, the, the um, video and just do the audio. So long story short, there's lots of different editing programs that you can use. They all work pretty much the same, but a program like GarageBand or like Audacity is going to give you more control over the actual vocal like qualities like the you can fix the reverb and you can you know adjust the echo and adjust like all these different things that I honestly just don't really do um, so the major things for me to get good qu sound quality are just to make sure that my environment is good so again today's episode is probably not a great example because I'm actually recording at night I'm recording in an echoey space yeah it's it's probably not the ideal situation but if you listen to some of my previous episodes they sound really really good and the reason that is is because I actually record in my closet. Um, so the the clothes surrounding me helps to kind of like diffuse the external noise. And people laugh at that. But unless you have a truly soundproofed studio, really a closet is going to be, for most people, the best place to record. Uh, also, I've done like a blanket tent. Like I've like sat in my bed and like put a blanket over my head. So I'm really truly like encapsulated almost. So anything you can do to really eliminate like hard surfaces, like, I don't know if you can even just hear that. You might've been able to hear me tap my table, like hard surfaces just do not make for great audio quality. So I just rambled for a really long time, but the equipment I use is a microphone. I also use a windscreen. You can buy these on Amazon for like $10 or something like that. I'm gonna link everything in the show notes as well. And obviously my computer, I just record straight into my um, MacBook Air or my iMac, depending on the day. And besides that, I mean a closet. And that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, and then just the editing program. So whether it's Final Cut Pro, Audacity, GarageBand, 
uh, iMovie, you could do anything like that. Anything that can edit video and really audio, not video, but audio. And then besides that, it's just about hosting your podcast. So I actually right now post, just host my podcast through my website. So if you already have like a Squarespace or a WordPress website, you can do that through your website, like through your existing hosting. If you do not have a website, you'll need to use a um, third-party program. I ha- or not a program, sorry, like a third-party website, like um, oh gosh, what are like? There's Blueberry is one. Uh, there's there's a lot of other ones. I'm not super familiar with how those work because I don't use them. But I know that obviously that's the majority, I feel like the majority of podcasters do use a third-party host like that. So let me know if you guys would like, I think this would be easier for a video. So let me know if you guys would like a video on how to create a podcast in Squarespace. Uh, Cause it is super easy if you guys already have a Squarespace website. And I'd assume if you have like WordPress or anything, it would be pretty similarly easy. So I hope that was helpful. Honestly, as far as cost, yeah, like I said, the windscreen's about seven, eight bucks. The um, blue snowball, I think, is about, f- I want to say 50 to 100. I know that's kind of a range, but I know it's definitely under 100, but I can't remember if it's closer to 50 or like closer to 80, but it will be linked down below. And then everything else, you know, MacBook, just depending on which size and all that stuff that you got. Okay, I spent a long time on that, so sorry. This one is how much time every week should a podcaster expect to spend podcasting, planning, editing, contacting featured guests? Um, it really depends on the type of show that you're going to do. So I decided early on that I didn't want to do a full 100% interview show for a number of reasons. Um, maybe I don't want to get into all those different reasons right now, but time was definitely one of them. I knew that I didn't have all the time in the world to commit to doing a show and having a new guest on every week because having guests does significantly slow you down because you have to contact the guests. You have to um, send them links when their episodes are live. You have to actually do the interview and sometimes people are late or sometimes people don't show up. Um, Editing episodes with interviews are actually a lot harder too. You know, it takes a lot more time. And I also, I just think I'm a lot more precise in, in stuff like that just because, you know, I know it means a lot to somebody else. So anyway, um, I only do about maybe a third to a half of my episodes as interviews. So that does help me a lot. So um, here's what I do. It's hard for me to really do this by week. I know I'm like not answering your question. I'm sorry, but it's hard for me to really break it down by week because I don't do my podcast every week typically. What I do is I batch record, uh, I would say 60 to 70% of my episodes at the beginning of each season. That's why I take a break in between my seasons to really just batch record. So um, I record any of my topics, like for example, the introverted entrepreneur or um, what's another topic I did, like money and finances, tax tips, stuff like that. Just me talking to the microphone. I try to pre-record as many of those as I can. Now, of course, I'm going to leave space for like timely topics. So let's say that Google, you know, makes a big change to their AdSense program or, you know, Facebook goes down for a month or something like that. Like I'm going to want to do a a real time episode about that. So of course I leave room for that. And then of course I leave room for the interviews and I try to do the interviews. I do them. I do bulk them somewhat, but for the most part, I kind of do them like week by week or like month by month so that the interview subject is not waiting forever for their episode to come out. I like to only make them wait, you know, up to a month. I think anything longer than a month and it's like, okay, I totally forgot I did that interview and I've lost all my steam and I don't care anymore. 
So long story short, um, if you're recording every single week, I would say recording an episode takes me about an hour, you know, um, whether it's an interview or whether it's just a one-on-one takes me about an hour to get set up and to, to actually talk and do the episode. And then it takes me generally about an hour and a half, hour to an hour and a half to edit. Um, and by edit, I also mean that like I'll edit like a short audio clip to share on Twitter or I'll, you know, um, edit any photos that I need to for the website, anything like that. So really about two and a half hours of production um, and post-production. And then from there, it's just like promotion on social media. Um, And then the interviewing stuff, that can really take anywhere from super super quick to like nonstop, you know, um, because it just depends on how quick people are to respond to you. So, uh, I would say about three to four hours per week, um, for one episode a week is the short answer, but yeah, I mean, scheduling and stuff is like a whole other beast. So yeah, I would say on average about three to four hours, maybe up to five. These questions are all pretty re- kind of tie off of that. So I'm going to hop over to these. This one is, um, might sound silly, but is there a monetary exchange and do you use contracts to sign guests? So I think that she means, is there a monetary exchange between me and my interview subjects? And the answer is no, neither, you know, on neither side. Um, I do know some shows actually require their guests to pay them to be on the show, which I just think is crazy. And I also know some shows pay their guests or give gifts to their guests. I do not do any of those. It is just a like an even exchange. I see interviews and I see coming on the show as a mutually beneficial relationship. That's how I've always seen shows that I'm a guest on. Um, and I think that it's just also a good like community building thing to do. So I don't really believe in paying or being paid for them personally. I also just am kind of old school in the when I think about interviewing and you know what a lot of you guys know I studied media and film and so I did interviews for news and stuff like that and you don't pay interviews because it's just kind of not ethical you know podcast editing Latasha here I just realized that I didn't answer the second part of your question and I do get into the interview prep section um, or question I guess topic a little bit later in this episode so I will discuss that a little bit more in detail but the short answer is no I do not have my guests do any type of contract it's just really an email and kind of like a verbal agreement this next question is how do you prepare for interviews so what's your interview prep process so I I guess I should have added this into the last question too about timing because I totally forgot about this. Interview prep does take a while. So I'm going to up that weekly hourly investment to probably closer to five or six. So what I do is I obviously reach out to the person via email. Um, and then as soon as I get a yes, or really before I get a yes, as soon as I reach out to somebody or know that I want to work with them, I start kind of doing a deep dive on whatever their online presence is. So I take a look at the videos that they have. So I get to know their kind of speaking style and, you know, get to understand them and and how they kind of communicate. So I can kind of prepare for that as an interviewer. I take a deep dive into their website, so I click on all their forms. I don't submit all their forms, of course, but like I, you know, I open up all their forms. I check out the events they have going on. I check out any 
freebies that they have. I, you, I Every inch of their website for the most part, I wanna know what they have going on, what their business is all about. Um, of course, if they have content, that's even better. Like if they have YouTube videos or podcasts or interviews elsewhere, I can get to know them. And I like to try to ask things that they haven't answered a zillion times before. So, you know, just for example, if I was interviewing myself, like I would take a look at my most recent YouTube videos and I'm not going to like ask questions that I've already made videos on 10,000 times. I'm going to try to build a follow-up question to one of those videos or, you know, people really love it when they can tell that you have researched their content too. So I'll try to tie that in. I'll be like, oh, so in your last video talking about MailChimp, you know, how to set up a MailChimp list, I noticed that you said X, Y, Z and people like really get a kick out of that. And I think it just like proves that you're really, truly interested in them because I know that I have been on shows before where it is like, I'm a dime a dozen. Like people are just like next, next, like asking me these generic questions, clearly know nothing about me. And it's honestly like, I've wanted to just hang up, but I am a professional and I haven't. I've also been guests on shows and my theory to having guests on your show is that it should be as easy for them as possible. So I used to have a form that I had people fill out with like their name and their bio and I noticed no one was doing it. So I just basically reach out to them, tell them I want them on the show. When they say yes, I send them a link to a Calendly, which is like a scheduling tool. Say pick a time on this Calendly, then I'll send an invite over. Once they've picked a time, I send them another email saying, here's what to expect out of the interview. Here's what I need from you. Here's the kind of microphone you should have. Um, you know, be, be online five minutes before our start time, that kind of thing, all the like logistical things. And then if I need anything else from them, um, what I usually do is on the call, like on the interview, which I use a tool. Oh gosh, what is it called now? I just got invoiced for it the other day. Squadcast. I found it. I found it in an email. Okay. So Squadcast. Well, I'll send them the Squadcast link. Um, if I need anything else from them, like a, a headshot or a bio, honestly, what I do is I ask them on the call because I just find like, I can be like, oh, hey, while we're on the call, can you flip me over um, a headshot? And if not, do you mind if I just pull something from your Instagram? And nine times out of 10, they're like, yeah, just use something, just use whatever, you know, you think will work best from my Instagram. So yeah, I try to keep things really simple for them. Cause again, I've been on shows where I've been a guest and like, I literally have like homework to do beforehand. And again, like your guests, yeah, it should be a mutually beneficial relationship. But at the end of the day, your guests are doing a favor for you by taking time out of their day and asking them to do anything more than the hour long interview to me is just like wild. Like I would never, and of course I want them to share. And I do like politely ask them to share, but I do not make a requirement that you have to share the interview five times or on a certain number of social platforms or anything like that. Like I'm super chill. I'm like, Hey, here's the stuff. Here's the link. Share it when you get a chance. I'd love for you to tell your audience about this. Um, no forms to fill out. I just like to be super, super simple in a seamless process for them. So that's kind of what my interview prep process is like, basically just a ton of research about who they are. Um, I do write down questions. I have kind of a standard set of questions that I ask like everybody. And then I, I obviously write down um, some questions for them as well. And I try to do, I try to have honestly about 10 to 15 questions. Um, I don't always get to all of them. So it really just depends, but I think 10 to 15 is a good amount for almost anyone to fill up like a 30 minute to 45 minute episode. Okay, are, you, are there things that you would have done different in the setup now that you're in the second season? Maybe that would save, save time, money, and effort. 
Um, I love Squadcast. Like I said, I was using Zencaster to record my interviews before and I actually lost half of one of my best interviews. Um, so that was unfortunate. I know a lot of people, um, you know, Zencaster works for a lot of people, but for me it just, I don't know if it's like the connection or my computer or what it was, but it, it just, um, it worked really well for a little bit and then it just kind of stopped working so well. So I really like using Squadcast. Um, I also wish that, hmm, I think that, you know, I, I wish, and I still am working on this, I still want to do this more, is I just want to work on getting a little bit more of a diverse range of interview subjects. Now, one thing that was brought to my attention recently from a listener was that I do have very diverse in terms of um, race and ethnicity um, guests on my podcast, which made me really happy and really proud in a way, because it's not necessarily something that was my intention, but obviously that's something that's very important to me as a person and as a business person and I didn't really realize it just because that's like that's just what my life is like I have a very diverse group of friends and all that so I was happy about that but I do think that in terms of like subject matter experts I you know I associate with a lot of people in the social media and digital world because that's what I do and so I would like to talk to more people who are doing things um maybe a little more offline or maybe just like in different industries and things like that. So that's kind of a goal for me. And then also in terms of gender, I have not had any men on the show. Well, except for my friend Ryan, who will be on next week. And my partner Norris was on last season. But um, yeah, I guess Ryan, I think is Ryan the first guy on the show? Besides my boyfriend, of course. I think he is. Um, who's actually being you know, talked to as a subject matter expert. So that's exciting. I guess I'm stepping in the right direction, but I would like to have some, some guys on the show. Um, so yeah, I would say just like having diverse guests, more diverse guests. Podcast editing LJ here again. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, I have reached out to so many non women identifying folk and have had a really hard time finding people who want to be on the show. Like they'll be like, yeah, I'm interested. And then like they'll stop replying to my emails. It's really weird. So if you are a loyal listener and you have a side hustle or a business and you're, you know, a man or gender nonconforming, I would love to have you on. So please reach out to me on the gram or on email. Yeah. And if you know of anybody too, even if you don't know them personally, if you just have recommendations for like entrepreneurs or people that you'd like me to try to reach out to to interview go ahead and send them my way because like I said that's a big goal of mine for you know next season and I think that just comes out with comes along with delegation too so one of the things that I'm going to task one of my interns with um, for season three is finding guests for me because I was finding that I was like searching and I was reaching out to people obviously that I knew and I was sending all the emails and that stuff does take a lot of time when you're reaching out to like a lot of people because it's just like a job you know like when you apply for jobs like not everybody responds to you so then you're like either having to follow up or find new people and yada 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 so definitely going to delegate a lot of that next season and already have started delegating. Hey, Latasha, my questions are, what would you recommend a new podcast do in order to implement and maintain internal organization if the format would include multiple hosts? That's a really good question. And I've thought about this myself because I would love to start a second podcast, just like a fun podcast. I actually wanted to do it with somebody and that person can no longer do the show with me. And so I've definitely thought about having like a, a two person show with somebody else that would be like virtual and and yeah it definitely seems it's just something that I don't know I don't know who would do it with me I don't 
I don't know. It's like this whole thing. Um, I definitely think though, when working with anybody, like on any task, I think having some type of like a task management system is really helpful. So whether that's Asana, whether that's Trello, whether it's a Slack room, whether it's just Facebook Messenger, honestly, like having some place to communicate regularly, you know, every day, every week when inspiration strikes, when things come up, um, that's a little less formal than email, but a little more formal than text message, I think is really helpful. Um, and then I think again, just like delegation and assigning things, you know, choose who's going to be in charge of what, you know, is, are you going to be in charge of all the, you know, interview questions and they're more in charge of like the editing side, or are you going to be in charge of promoting the episodes and they're going to be in charge of posting the episodes, you know, like determine what everyone's going to do. So there's no confusion and that. So, you know, you guys aren't like running all over the place trying to do the same thing and stepping on each other's toes. Um, As far as actually like recording the show, if you are able to record it together, like in the same room, there's, I know there's technology that helps you do that. I think it's called an audio splitter or an audio mixer or an mixer, I think. Um, I'll link one down below. I'm going to ask my boyfriend. I know he knows, Um, but that allows you to record in the same room. Um, and then if you're not, like if you're virtual, you can use something like Squadcast, which is a really cool tool. Basically, you just open up a window. It's almost like a Zoom meeting or like a Skype meeting kind of. And you're able to record both of your voices in two different tracks so you guys can edit. Um, you can, of course, use Skype. Um, there's Skype recorders available out there, kind of like a third-party tool. And you can also record Zoom meetings for free. So any of those tools will help you guys record virtually. What are some of the best ways to promote your podcast? And could you provide any pointers for automation or things that have just made pos- podcasting life much easier for you? Promoting my podcast, I would say, is a combination for me really of Twitter and Instagram. When I first started, I was doing Twitter every single week and I I really need to do this more. I really need to delegate this to somebody if I can't do it anymore. Um, But I kind of stopped putting it out on Twitter after I gained some momentum. I started to notice that once I really started to get the word out, people were coming um, on their own. So I didn't need to like push out every single episode. Um, And by that, I just mean that I was using a tool called Headliner. I actually did a video about Headliner that I will link in the show notes. This is a great automation tool. It, um, well, not really automation. It's um, just a social media promotion tool. We can create really short video clips with waveforms to help promote on other social channels. So yes, I was using Twitter a lot to post those waveforms. And now I pretty much just use my Instagram stories. It really just depends on, you know, it's going to be different for every person. It really just depends on where your audience is. So if your audience is already on Instagram, don't go and like start a Twitter necessarily for your podcast, just for the sake of promoting the podcast. Like build off the audience that you already have and all of that. YouTube, you know, I do try to mention my podcast on YouTube and I think I could definitely do a better job of like, um, uh, syncing up the content that I post on YouTube with my podcast to kind of cross promote. But anyway, long story short, Instagram stories has been huge because I can just screen record me listening to the podcast and then post that on my Instagram stories. And it does really draw a lot of people in. I get a lot of eyes on my Instagram stories. I would say more so than, you know, on Twitter, sometimes even more than my videos get viewed on YouTube. So that's been huge for me. Screen record, headliner for waveforms, 
and just like syncing up your existing content calendar, I would say are the best ways. Pinterest is big too for a lot of people. So any, any of those places that you may or may not have an audience or have a strength for, check those out. And then as far as automation, I just use Buffer to schedule things. So I, I really don't automate a ton. I mean, really just social media scheduling. Um, and then, like, like I said, things that have made podcasting life much easier for me have been Headliner, those quick little video clips, and Squadcast for interviews. What else? Um, having a um, pop filter. I feel like I called it a dust cover earlier, and I really cannot remember. Like, thinking back to when you, when you guys were asking about tech and what I was using, I swear I called it a dust cover, and that is absolutely not what it's called. It's called a pop filter. If I said dust cover, and I listened to that back, and I said dust cover, I'm going to cry. A pop filter. I think a lot of people don't know what a pop filter is. They're so, so cheap, and they improve your audio quality so much. Um, if you don't have access to a pop filter... Honestly, um, one really cheap kind of hack that you can do in a pinch is put a sock over your microphone or like put pantyhose over your microphone and it will help sort of diffuse the sound so you get less of those like hard, gross mouth noises like the clicks and, you know, the spit and all of that gross stuff. So those are kind of my three hacks, I guess I would say for podcasting. So that's it. (laughs) I'm out of breath. You guys asked way more questions than I expected. And I really enjoyed this episode, though. So hopefully this answered some of your questions about podcasting. Let me know if you guys would like me to do a round two. And I will talk to you guys. Remember, there will be a special edition on Wednesday, 11-28. And my sale goes through Cyber Monday. So it will end on 11:59 p.m. on Cyber Monday. And you can grab those details at ajourneyeast.com slash sale. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 